On this week's episode of the Echo Cast, we talk about Battlefield revealing details about Hazard Zone, Ghost Recon already delaying Frontline, a big new studio announcement, possible movement on the Division front, and much, much more. Let's get into it. Welcome to the Echo Cast. I am Morgan, aka Bond Diesel, and this is a podcast about gaming, tech, and whatever else I feel like ranting about. Please take a moment to subscribe to and rate the podcast on whatever platform you use to listen to it. Comments, likes, and subs on YouTube, retweets on Twitter, and especially iTunes reviews are the most helpful. Also, be sure to let me know if you have any questions or topics for the next show by tagging me on Twitter, submitting them in the YouTube comments, uh, and uh, by becoming a patron. Uh, You can also, during the stream, post them in the chat, and if I can get to them, I will. Thank you to this month's Patreon supporters, PK, Uber Timmy, Hassan, Darren, Christian, Man Made Golf, and Dale. If you would like to support this podcast and my other content, please check out patreon.com slash bondiesel. Gaming news, let's get into it. Battlefield 2042 released a Hazard Zone trailer. This was something I wanted to talk about, but Craig Laporte on Twitter also suggested the topic. Um, So to preface, I did do a live stream of this uh, of this uh, trailer. Um, uh, In hindsight, I made the mistake of doing a live stream um, and, and, and then not looking to see if content creators released more info. The actual trailer they showed us didn't really show us that much. It was just kind of a mostly CGI pre-rendered thing. It had bit it had little itty bits of content, but not very much. And uh, I was not very impressed. If you check out my YouTube, I have that video up. But on the other hand, I then watched a video by Matimio um, or Level Cap. I can't remember which one. Uh, all of those old Battlefield YouTubers all kind of uh, merge into one in my head. But Battlefield also posted a big blog explaining in pretty great detail um, what 2042's um, Hazard Zone is which I'm going to do my best to, to, to recap and shorten, even though it's, uh, this might be the longest notes I've ever typed for an episode. So um, I'm basically just going to read the summary and then I'll discuss what I kind of think about everything. So uh, hazard zone appears to be a new mode that um, it seems like it's kind of a hunt showdown type of mode. Um, some people have been saying escape from Tarkov. I think after reading these details, I think it's so much more, um, hardcore, uh, 
Tarkov is so much more punishing and hardcore. I don't think that's a, gr- a very good comparison, but if you want to, then go nuts. Um, it seems like it's going to be even more competition for a game like Ghost Recon Frontline, which we'll talk about what's going on with that game uh, in the next story, I think. Um, but here's the gameplay details of Hazard Zone, as I understand them. Um, it appears to be a round-based mode where you and your squad are tasked with recovering data drives from crashed satellites um, randomly around the map. Um, it's not technically a BR, but the only two squads per round can get out. Um, and there's two different extraction uh, opportunities. Um, the whole point of extracting is to get out as many of these data drives as you can. So the idea is that you can get in, grab one or two, and then get right out in the first uh, opportunity, or you can grind longer and try to get more and more and more, and then try to do the second one, but that's the last one. So you're probably gonna have a lot more competition for that second and final extraction. There is a storm mechanic, it sounds like, um, that you cannot operate in and will act kind of as a more BR type of um, encouragement, probably to certain areas, especially the final extraction. Um, On top of the other squads you'll be fighting um, and competing with, there will be AI, like NPCs and um, people to fight. Uh, They'll be mostly guarding the drop locations of the data drives. Um, but they could be randomly out in the world as well. You start each round in a mission briefing area that shows you the regions of the map with higher or lower likelihood of data drives, which will also show you um, the the more risky areas and and so on and so forth. If um, this is also where you will select your specialist and the equipment and loadouts that they will have Um, There will also be a market uh, where you can buy guns and gear that you prefer using dark market credits, which you earn from successful extractions, and I believe other activities. On top um, of your equipment, you can also purchase tactical upgrades that allow you to do things like carry extra throwable gadgets um, or lower your bounty payoff that you earn from killing NPCs. And that little detail, I don't think they really detailed that system but they did explain it as one of the purchasable upgrades. So it sounds like there may be a system of the more NPCs you kill that they put out a bounty on you and they may aggro you, or if they go real wild, that they could essentially spawn in or drop in like more elite, like NPC groups that are, that only come in to come after people with high bounties because you've killed a bunch of their friends, right? That's a system that is kind of intriguing. Once you insert into a map, you will begin searching for downed satellites to collect their data drives, as well as fighting other squads and AI soldiers. If you uh, or a squad mate dies during the round, you can be brought back, but only in certain circumstances. It sounds like there's a bonus you can buy before you go into a round that will allow you to revive people um, to bring them back. Or it sounds like there's going to be very... um, you know, rare, but, uh, you know, findable places where you can bring people back. Um, there are Collins, um, so you can uplink locations, uh, that, okay. Let's see. There are Collins that you can make at uplink locations that let you bring in support equipment like vehicles or bring back a spawn, a, a down teammate, which is what I was saying before. 
if um, to get out to extract, you have two chances to do that. The first extraction will be shortly after the round begins, and the second one will be very late in the round to end the round. Um, when you try to extract, you'll need to fight other squads who will also be trying to extract, as well as AI that will aggro the extraction area. Um, I, I didn't really see anything specifically explaining, like, do you have to kill everything? Do you have to kill anyone who's in the vicinity? Or is there just like a timer and then you jump on a, a plane or a helicopter and take off? We don't know yet. Uh, or at least I didn't catch that from what I read. Um, there is a progression system in place that, that will be based on the things you do during each round, including but not limited to extracting, recovering data drives, and killing AI or other players. This progression sounds like it will count towards the battle pass, uh, and if you extract repeatedly, you get bonuses for like stringing together extractions, um, which sounds pretty cool to me. Um, they say the rounds, uh, there's basically a shotgun of a few extra little details here. Um, rounds are expected to last about 20 minutes. Um, PC and next-gen consoles will have 32 players on each round. Um, Last-gen consoles, uh, PS4, PS4 Pro, Xbox One, Xbox One X, will have 24 players. Um, rounds will take place on the seven maps that um, have already been discussed that are coming at launch. And I would imagine that they'll probably add more maps as more maps get added to the main game. I thought I saw a number that 23 maps is the goal, but considering they literally just canceled a ton of content from Battlefield 5, um, I'm not going to hold my breath that that's going to happen. But it's going to depend on how people enjoy the game. Um, and they are claiming there are no pay-to-win elements. Um, so my thoughts on it. Um, I'm a little more intrigued than I was before. I was afraid they were, they were just going to really go down the uh, the very expected, just kind of playing BR style, um, kind of trying to pull like a war zone or something like that. Uh, this whole extraction, um, I... At first, I was thinking that they were going to make it like really hands off, like really non BR by giving us um, where, where you could, you know, you'd have like many, many opportunities to extract by them making it only two extractions. I mean, that's really pushing it heavily into BR territory um, because it may not mean that you're fighting to the last squad, but you're fighting to two squads which um let's see so that means that there's going to be eight squads on pc and next gen um so you know six squads won't make it um and something tells me the maps won't be so big that you won't make it because you couldn't get to an extraction so it sounds like to win um you know if you want to extract early you're probably gonna need to fight two or three other squads and then if you want to get out late, you may have to fight four or five other squads, depending on if the squads get wiped from AI or by other squads, or if everyone kind of stays away, but then congregates at the extractions. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think that's, um, I think that's interesting. The, the kind of main takeaway I have from it actually came from um, some questions that were asked by um, Zeka and Master Prime on Twitter when I uh, put, out, put out an open uh, ability to ask questions about this um, and asking basically is the fact that um, this mode is going to be locked behind a paywall going to doom it, essentially. Um, 
I think that if they truly are trying to compete with the Warzones, the Apexes, the PUBGs, the Fortnites, um, they really need to make this mode free to play. Um, in a similar vein to like what Halo Infinite is doing with their with their system, their multiplayer is going to be free to play. Um, you don't have to, you know, if you don't want to play the Halo single player, you can just free download it and play it. You're good to go. Go nuts. Play the multiplayer, play big team battle, play Slayer, do whatever you want. Excellent. Perfect. Um, or um, if you want to play the single player, you buy that. That's what you buy, um, which it sounds like is going to be kind of a live service thing. So my thoughts are, um, since there is no single player with 2042, it sounds like the story is going to be kind of loosely told kind of on the side. Um, they could probably still get away with saying um, multiplayer and portal are going to be paid. Um, but you guys can play Hazard Zone for free. And and the reason that would, I think that would be a smart tactic is that you're not going to pull people from all of the BRs to come play multiplayer. The, the way Battlefield multiplayer is, it, it's, a, it's an acquired taste, in my opinion. And um, I think the best way to get people into it who maybe haven't played a Battlefield before would be to get them in for free on the hazard zone and then get them interested in the paid side of it. Because uh, I, I mean, it's, it's, it's hard to argue that battlefield multiplayer experience isn't a unique experience. It, it, it definitely is, but you may have to get people's foot in the door first, especially now, because, you know, if you're talking about younger gamers who, you know, maybe weren't interested in Battlefield 1 or 5. They weren't interested in a World War 1 or World War 2 game, which I even wasn't. That means the last modern Battlefield was 4, and that was probably released years before a lot of young gamers were allowed to play it or even were skilled enough to play it or cared about it. So you have to, like, people have to realize that this... This battlefield is the first modern battlefield for a large percentage of the player base and um, of the shooter player base. So um, all your Call of Duty kitties and Fortnite kitties and stuff like that, like they, they, you know, weren't even, you know, probably aware of Battlefield 4. So um, while obviously you're trying to pull in those people from the, the legacy of this, uh, this IP, you also can't rely on that you need to try to pull in new and one way to do that is to um to, to get them in for free so if they don't make it free to play I, I don't think it will be as big of a disaster as the battlefield 5 br they tried to do which i, I fizzled out literally in days i'm pretty sure um and and then i know they, they shut the servers down not long after um because just, I, I assume no one was playing it I don't think it's going to fizzle out like that. Um, I think it will do better than that. Even if it's, even if it stays behind the paywall, I just think that the people who are paying for battlefield, even after that kind of rough beta and stuff like that are the people who are into the conquest and rush modes, or I, I think they're calling rush something different now because it's not exactly the same, but the people who are like diehard battlefield fans 
probably aren't super interested in Hazard because the reason they're spending it 60 bucks is to play Conquest and Rush, right? Um, so if you want to try, you know, if the whole point of the BR is to try to compete with those BR games and pull people from them, you can't tell them, hey, you could go play those acclaimed, loved games for free or pay 60 bucks and maybe like this. I don't know. So I, I, I think it I think it'll do OK. It sounds like it'll be interesting, but I I think they either need to make it free to play or um microsoft and uh, ea have to do a last minute game pass announcement that battlefield 2042 is on game pass ultimate for pc and xbox uh, i think that's the only other way that they can get enough population in there uh, but i don't know we'll have to wait and see uh, the second topic today is the ghost recon frontline test has been delayed um, they announced on the 13th, um, which was, I believe, only about a week after the game was announced at all, um, that they were going to indefinitely delay a test uh, beta kind of thing they were going to do. Um, they didn't give a reason, but there's lots of speculation that the negative reaction to Frontline is why they are doing this. Um I think they underestimated how people would react to the announcement not being a Breakpoint sequel. And instead, that it was going to be a free-to-play BR adjacent, you know, Tarkov slash, you know, Hunt Showdown slash whatever B BR umbrella, you know, genre game. Um, at some point, you're always going to have people complain. I, I'm still very adamant that... 90% of toxicity and, and like, un, like irrational complaints come from like two and a half percent of the gaming community, but they're loud, right? And they're a lot louder than the people who are happy. Um, and they seem to be persistently upset about everything. And, um, I, I, I think this is a weird move because they, they had to have known that if they were going to announce, you know, they, they really played up in the lead up to this, this ghost recon event, the future of ghost recon will be announced. And they even had like a timer and everything during the show because they forced you to watch all the breakpoint crap for a long time and then gave you the, the ghost recon, you know, the news. And it, and it really, really implied that they were talking about like the next big game and for ghost recon. And, maybe frontline is a giant game being worked on by hundreds and hundreds of people. Um, but it's, it's still going to be put into that spinoff category as it should be, in my opinion, just like heartland should be, even if it's being developed by a really good dev and it, it might be amazing. Who knows? We, we don't know anything right now about any of this stuff, but what is interesting, what's most interesting about the frontline delay to me is that, it was going to be like a beta. So like, it just is what it is. And they had to have expected at least some pushback. So what, so what that leaves is that it almost feels like cowardly. And I know I'm like playing both sides of the thing here. Like I, I, I ripped on this concept. I, I, I don't like wildlands. I really, really don't like breakpoint. And this frontline thing just seems like another situation of Ubisoft just being like, 
we know what you want. It's not what you're telling us you want, but we'll tell you what you want. It definitely feels like that. Or what it really feels like is, hey, there's a genre. Let's make a game for that instead of we have this really great IP and it's going to be in this genre and we think people are going to like it, you know. But so they had to have known there was going to be pushback. And so it feels like so like weak need to to pull this test if it was really because of pushback, um, which I bet it wasn't. I'm sure there was a technical reason. And it feels so weak to pull it, to delay it, especially indefinitely, and not give a reason. Um, like, do you not believe in the product you're working on? Like, that that's what that's how it comes off to me, is that does this dev team, the, does the publisher, do the people around this game, are, are, they, are they so insecure about this game that some nerds on Twitter complaining about it and it getting ratioed real bad with likes and dislikes on YouTube. Like, like I, to me, like if you believe in your product or in what you're making, you don't let, you know, the two and a half percent, you know, screaming at you, you know, make you completely change these types of plans because you would think that, if it was a technical reason, then the week before they wouldn't have said that there was going to be a test. So it had to have been because of pushback. And if, and if, and if you, if you delay your people seeing your game because of pushback, then do you believe in your game? And, and that just, Alan, to me, it just, it does not bode well for that game. If it's own publisher slash developer, whoever is in charge of, uh, of this decision, um, get spooked that easily to me it kind of feels like maybe um i don't know maybe they should rethink if they're planning on making any more announcements like this for other franchises that's that's all i'm saying uh the third uh story today was from um was it a new studio and and this um really only caught my eye because um, a bunch of the developers are one pretty notable and especially that they have, they're all coming from very notable places. So, um, uh, the, the founder of undead labs, which is a Xbox studio now, and has been for a few years, um, they're currently making state of decay three, um, has announced a new studio. So I'm going to be totally honest. I, I don't know exactly the ownership situation of this person from what I remember, I think that the person who is founding this new studio um, did not uh, had left Undead after they sold to Xbox. That it was kind of a okay, Xbox. Here's my studio. I'm bouncing to do something else, if I remember correctly. Now they had just released Day of the K2 when they got purchased, so I, I don't remember what the timeline looked like. But I'm pretty sure this person left. Like they aren't. They don't have two studios. Um, so the studio is going to be called Possibility Space. Um, and it has developers and people uh, on their roster already from Undead Labs, of course, um, Ubisoft, Insomniac, Double Fine, Bioware, and a bunch of other notable studios. Um, they are saying that their goal um, is to make AAA games um, of some type. Uh, you know, just like every other new studio, they, they, they kind of said like, we don't want to do the same thing everyone else is doing and we want to push boundaries. You know, that's what every studio says. And then they, you know, put out a game that looks like every other game that's come out for the last 10, 10 years. Um, so we, we don't know any details about projects. We don't know anything about publishing, uh, a publishing situation. 
it would surprise me if maybe Microsoft makes a play on this because it's, um, you know, the, the head they've worked with, uh, the, the, the founder um, before and um, and they're scooping up studios and so is PlayStation. So maybe PlayStation goes in there and, 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 and gets them. What would be really cool is if they would just stay a third party and put games out on PC and Xbox and PlayStation and even go nuts and put it on the Wii. Um, hopefully not because I, you shouldn't need to make those kind of concessions for your game. I'm just saying. Um, so yeah, definitely interested to see what comes of that. Um, you know, that's a mighty fine collection of, uh, studios that you, that they've gotten people in from, and, um, it'll be nice to see what they are working on in six to 10 years. <laughs> Uh, the final bit here is is kind of my what seems to be a weekly show at this point, um, my division updates section. Um, the the big thing uh, that Yannick, um, who is leading Heartland or uh, who is leading the Division Two new content, um, and you know most of us know him as a, a a community developer, I believe, on Division One and Two. Um, so he did two things. Uh, first, he posted. Um, he, 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 he did a quote tweet of someone saying, please say that there's more content still coming for division two. And he, and he did a quote tweet saying there is more content coming for division two. Like, I, I understand it's like part of their job and then they probably don't aren't as in like the developers and stuff are probably less annoyed about this kind of stuff than I am. But like every time these poor people tweet anything, even if it's not game related, hey, are you guys still working on division two? Uh, hey, just stop being lazy and put out new content. It's just like God, these people who just like incessantly and and I'm not trying to be a dick, but I always get curious when I see these people post this stuff like 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 Hamish, who's not even on division anymore, can post like a picture of his bike and someone will pop in there and be like, division's a dead game. Got any more content coming? And I'm just saying that when I'm always kind of curious, I'm like, what, like, what, what, who does, what kind of content does this person interact with? And I'm telling you every single time you can click into these people's profiles and their whole, they, they, they don't make any tweets themselves and, and they, all they have is retweets. And it's always the same, like five or 10 people that you expect it to be. It's, it, it's, if they're a big division fan and they're, you know, borderline harassing these devs who maybe not aren't even on division anymore. You can always, there's always like a handful of names that you just know that they, they retweet. It's like they retweet like two different creators and they retweet everything that they post. It cracks me up every time It is so funny to me, but, um, you know, it is what it is. Yannick and, and all these guys, they, they've always really, um, handled it pretty well in stride. Um, and so, so yeah, that was the first thing is that Yannick was very clearly confirming we're still working on content, it's still coming. Um, I don't think it's coming for a while. I, I think we're probably another, probably six months out from it. If I have to be totally honest, but maybe I'm wrong. Um, and he didn't reveal any details like that. We just know there is still division two content coming. The second bit that came from Hamish or Hamish from Yannick was we're getting really into the weeds here. A few people pointed this out to me, so I figured it was worth mentioning. Um, uh, oh, no, no, no. That's the third thing. The second thing is that Yannick also posted a 15 tweet thread explaining what happened to State of the Game 
um, and how it was a it was a much more in depth project than most people realized. And with people getting new jobs and leaving Massive, and then moving to a whole new studio, and there not really being a ton of like big major news to reveal, it, it just didn't make sense to keep it going. And that they they do hope it kind of returns at least in some capacity eventually. Um, that that is a thing that I don't think people realize that like there's not many games, and obviously throughout Division One and Two they didn't do stay of the games every week, but for the first year and a half of both games they did, and sometimes they do more than one. Um, and then even after that with Division One they never stopped them. They took breaks, but they never stopped. And then for quite a while with Division Two, they kept it going. Um, it seems like basically for a while after Warlords, and then it disappeared. And as I've talked about in previous podcasts, that makes sense because it sounds like they basically moved everyone uh, not long after Warlords, not just the comm devs, but also developers to other projects. So I really don't think people realize that having a whole studio like they had, having like legitimate, like, broadcasting equipment and uh you know scripts and and notes and rehearsing their show and even though it may not have always seemed like it and you know that was a serious operation and there's not very many games even giant triple a games that that do that um it was a very unique situation and I I think much of the player base never fully appreciated how rare um, something like that happens. Um, so as for the future, um, people were kind of you know putting in their their thoughts to to Yannick and uh, mine was that like I think I think that maybe you know some type of live conversation for you know big content drops for for maybe really significant patches that are coming um, would make sense, but. Um, I mean, they're not going to do weekly shows ever again. Maybe even if a division three comes, that may not really return. Um, I, I really don't think people realize that um, to have the same community people like we did, that was basically the like core team of like Yannick, Hamish, um, even Pedder there for a long time. And then some other people who kind of shuffled in and out. Um, you don't typically have people stay with one franchise for that long. If you paid attention to com devs, it's um, even within other Ubisoft games, people bounce around every couple months, it seems like. And so we really got spoiled and, and maybe it wasn't everything people wanted it to be. Maybe it had its issues and things like that. But regardless of even all of that, it was a very unique situation we got with stay of the game and, um, my only real bummer, I understand why it couldn't go on because it really probably didn't need to go on. Um, and honestly, the blogs they put up are good and doing like pre-recorded reveals, I think is fine. I, I don't think we need stay of the game necessarily, especially where the game is now. Um, my biggest bummer will always be that they didn't get one more show. And to me, what that says is it, it kind of reinforces that what I've heard and, and what's been implied that after Warlords dropped, like they basically just cleaned out like it, that things change very quickly um, and, and, and probably not by their choice, because like 
if they would like I, I don't even remember what the last day of the game was but i suspect it wasn't it, it wasn't like some grand exit i suspect it was uh if i remember correctly it was uh, god a year ago if not more and they were like okay well we'll be back after you know our summer break and then they just never came back because there wasn't anything to talk about um and even the announcement that there was more division two content coming was just a i think a tweet if I remember correctly, they didn't even do any kind of recording for it. So, you know, it, it's a bummer. I, I wish they would have gotten their grand exit. I wish that Hamish and Yannick and Petter and, and anyone who's been involved in the history, um, Ella and Taylor and, and other people, it would have been really cool to just have one send off where they, it could have just been like maybe an hour show where they could have talked about what you know a state of the game was like to do and the kind of experience it was and maybe bring on some of the people who had been guests fairly frequently like thylander and some other people um but instead we got a oh we'll see you next time and then they went to go buy cigarettes and they never came back uh <laughs> we were yeah we were we were orphaned by by our by them so um it's still cool for them to get um what we um you know what we got and um at the very least i think it's cool to try to remember uh how how, how dope that was um the last bit was um that yannick uh, uh commented on a youtube video with a very ominous smiley and the youtube video was by ngn who many of you will know as kind of a lore uh, a lore minister of the division franchise um who posts a lot of speculation and a lot of um Kind of recaps and 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 kind of uh and, and things like that um for the division um as well as some other games uh whenever whenever he has time um and so the video that yannick uh commented on was basically speculating or kind of clarifying um where the story is at in division two as of right now which is uh post season four manhunt four where we tracked down and um presumably killed um fei lao the the first bit um i believe uh yeah so the the video referenced um keener potentially being alive but ngn seems pretty skeptical of that they ngn seems pretty confident that keener's dead which i'm on the same page as that um and so i don't think that's going to be a plot point moving forward but who knows they really they really screwed us by doing that um the hornet season which they even cut out of the replays um where like bringing back hornet especially with like a new voice actor and presumably like basically a whole new character um gave us the possibility that players can that, that enemies or you know you know people who die in the game in theory can come back that that kind of sucks um and, and and hopefully they uh don't have to deal with that too much in the future um the second bit was talking about um, face status at the end of the manhunt and whether she's really dead or not, because we didn't get like an Isaac confirmation. Um, he, he, he seems like he was speculating a bit in that video about like, Oh, you know, I don't, maybe people didn't collect the, um, the, the voicemails that she left everyone um, during that season. Um, but it makes it really clear that she was an agent. She was, you know, going in and um taking out uh you know the 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 president who was you know still in charge of shade but um you know 
was also working for the enemies um, to to get a person into that position who isn't a traitor. Um, and she makes it super clear in her voicemails. So I, I don't really think there should be any question whether or not she was bad or not. My whole thing with the with her manhunt mission, not clearly saying she was dead, is that mission just basically seems unfinished. Um, there's been multiple people who have talked about it, including um, NGN, and how like during the trailer for season four or the the last manhunt, there was a there was a cut scene where your agent goes and punches Faye and she's surrendering. So it, there was you know that that mission was obviously supposed to play out a different way and just seems like it just didn't get finished. And I think the reason that we didn't get a phase dead Isaac uh, announcement is I just, I bet they didn't have it recorded. <laughs> I, I bet that in the crunch and, and the lack of people who were still working on the game um, through that, you know, that, that last year, um, you know, it, it was probably a skeleton crew and they probably didn't have the resources or ability to record more Isaac. And I bet that's what happened that there just wasn't a sound file for Faye to die. Um, I think Faye's dead, personally. The last bit of his video was talking about how future content that's coming could involve hunting Sokolova, who we know is the leader of Black Tusk, after the events of all the manhunts, um, which I think is a pretty fair assumption to make. Um, so that was the video. And then Yannick um, you know, posted a smiley on it. Um, it's hard to extrapolate what Yannick intended by doing this um, on the video, but hopefully it means they do intend to continue the story in some capacity um, with the upcoming content. Um, yes, I am reporting on emojis posted on YouTube videos now. That is how desperate we are. And um, that, that, that's just where we are. <laughs> um, I Yannick is a is a consummate professional, and I've never known Yannick to be one to like leak things or, or be too. Um, he does like to kind of stir things up a little here and there. Um, I'm not under the impression he's like really clearly, uh, you know, previewed or teased stuff before. So he may have just been appreciating some cool content, um, or it very well may be there were some things that NGN touched on that um, that they're gonna touch that they're going to go after it wouldn't surprise me there's always the possibility that they're going to correct that final mission with Faye, where we may get a cut scene with the new content that opens up the, the new content and shows uh them medevacking fail Lao out and you know her you know explaining or, or or something happening where we realize like oh man like she was actually you know doing good like we we know that but maybe more uh story on it the other part is that we still have a whole timeline of uh, Chernenko or whatever is supposed to be at the White House making um, antivirals in that crazy machine that's in the boo that we acquired and it just nothing ever happened with it. Um, you know, there's all kinds of loose ends, as there always have been in this franchise. Um, the last bit of news I will say that's division related is there's you know a rumor going around that there have been multiple testing emails going out. Um, implying that there's a, a big test happening at the end of this month um, for some game. Um, it, it sure seems like it could be Heartland. Um, I'll, I, I suspect that if it's going through these channels, it's not going to be a public test. It'll probably be a behind-the-scenes test, um, which means I won't be able to talk about it if I have anything to do with it. But I've got so much to say about that game, and I, and I, and I literally can't right now. Um, but I will be able to hopefully soon.
Um, in theory, this test could be for any game, but the timing of it to me seems too perfect for it not to be, um, for it not to be Heartland, another test, because that game's basically been radio silent since the last test they did. So we'll see. We'll see what's going on, but we won't talk about it. Um, for listener questions, we did have one question come through chat uh, from I Can't Bear It. Uh, have a, multiple things here. Um, it always felt like fail on mission and everything that happened wasn't what Massive wanted to happen. It seemed like um, they've been jerked around by Ubi. Um, and then a question of, do you believe we'll ever actually get a, a real Hunter's background story reveal? So this is division-related stuff. Thank you, um, Barrett, for listening and for contributing on there. Um, I, I absolutely, I, I think you're dead on, um, with the Ubi jerked around stuff. I, and I, I wish I could say, I know that for a fact, but, um, whenever you say that people want your sources and I am not going to do that. So I will heavily speculate that, um, the division one and two as a whole, especially two, um, and one as well weren't the games that they really wanted to make. They, they did as much as they could with what they were allowed uh, by big money, deep pockets, Ubisoft, because that's who's in charge at the end of the day. Um, and I, I think it's a real shame that it seems like after Warlords, they basically got kicked off to do something else. Now, I'm sure most of them are, are hyped to be working on a Star Wars game because that's freaking awesome. Um, like I, I, someone told me at one point, they're like, I get to write star wars lore like the things i do in this game will become canon for my favorite franchise like that's really freaking cool you know that that is cool so i'm happy that they get to work on a new franchise get to kind of do something different but i i am under the impression that there is a frustration that the game that we play and love isn't even the final form and then your actual question about the hunter's backstory um if you want me to be 100 honest i hope we never find out what the hunters are. I, I don't want to know their backstory because what I'm afraid of is it's going to be like they're Russians, which with the Sokolova stuff with season three or the third manhunt seems like it's being implied at least a little bit. Uh, we'll see. Um, I, I, I always wanted the hunters to actually be another American program where it was a last ditch kind of, um, uh, white blood cell or kind of last ditch, uh, you know, kind of check and balance for the for the the division for shade um and that maybe it got hijacked or something like that and then that's why you know they're you know not just killing rogue because you have to think that when they came up with the division with you know, the directive and you know, shade and stuff that someone had to say but what if these autonomous people go too far what if they go rogue you know, what's our answer to that? And one answer would be other, you know, good agents, which is what happens. But I always thought that there may be like, I thought of, okay, well, we'll have another group that can try to keep them in check. And that's what I always wanted, wanted the hunters to be. It really seems like, especially after the manhunts, especially after the third one, it seems like they're pretty heavily implying that it's going to be a foreign power or something like that, which I just think sucks, but we'll see. Um, we'll, we'll have to, We'll have to see what comes of it. Maybe they'll explain it. Kind of hope they don't. I just want to kill more of them. I don't really, I'm afraid that whatever they explain it with won't be satisfying, but we'll see. Maybe I'm wrong. A uh, question from two questions from Mr. Prime that came from Twitter. 
Um, are you getting an Xbox mini fridge? Uh, I will talk about that in a moment. I would love to get one, but if I order one of those and, and Bay Diesel sees it on our credit card or in my streaming room, probably right back there, she will murder me. And so that's probably not going to happen, um, but I would love to do it. It would be so cool to get one. Um, and then opinions on Back for Blood. So I've only played the release version of Back for Blood for like two hours. Um, it's fine. I was never a big Left for Dead fan. Um, so Back for Blood seems like for people who like those type of games, it's great. Um, for me, it, I like the gunplay. Um, I like the mechanics with the cards and stuff like that. Uh, the levels, it, 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 the game looks nice. It's nice to play. It's just those kind of games just like wear on me so much. Like, I don't know if it's like an anxiety thing or what, but like those games are just hard for me to play and play and play. It's I, I, I typically um, I, I typically can't just really focus on those type of games. So it, it seems like the type of game where I'm going to say like it looks like a really good game. I will dabble because I can play it for, for free through Game Pass um, or as part of a subscription, not for free. Um, but I don't expect myself to put more than maybe five or 10 hours into back for blood. But for people who've always been waiting for that next left for dead, it seems like you got it. So, yay. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, the last bit here is I really do want to do some type of big giveaway. Um, and a, an idea I have is to try to get one of those Xbox fridges next week and do a giveaway for it. Um, but we'll see about that. Um, I do have ideas to do some more division memorabilia. If you look behind me, I've got tons of division memorabilia. Some of it is very personal and ex extremely rare. So that won't ever be given away. Um, but I may look to see if I can find any more of, uh, of these figures. Um, obviously, the division one figure isn't going anywhere. But the two division two ones you might be able to find. Um, so I might see if I can track those down and maybe give those away. Um, I might do some headphones again, like I did recently, probably some nicer ones. The last headphones I gave away were only worth like 50 bucks. Like they're nice. Um, but I'll see if maybe I can get, uh, maybe I can even get like a really good deal on some really nice headphones and, uh, and give those away or I'm open to suggestions. So if you have an idea for a giveaway, um, I am all into that. Um, I do have some, uh, streams coming up where I want to really focus on my extra life giveaway, um, or, or fundraiser. For extra life, um, we've raved, we have raised 500 bucks this year, really without me trying that hard. Um, I would really like to hit a thousand. That was my goal this year. So, um, you know, expect to see me pushing that a bit harder. Um, I have decided to basically just stop messing with the Manscaped um, promo. That seemed really cool at first, and they approached me, and I was really honored, and I really appreciated the products they sent me, and, and they are they're great. Like that 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 trimmer is really really nice. Uh, it's it's it just it's very well made it's really nice i highly suggest you go buy one um, you can get 20 percent off through me uh, using the code bond um, but i'm not gonna keep pushing that right now um, i suspect i probably didn't sell any for them um, i doubt the campaign will continue uh, and, and that's fine um, i just uh, i would rather do different types of ads than that. so i will not annoy you guys with those ads anymore uh, at least for now and that's where we're going to wrap it up so um, I do uh, stream on Twitch at uh, twitch.tv slash bondiesel. And I've been doing that three or four times a week more recently, including live recording this podcast, as well as um, some live reactions and a few gameplay streams a week. Um, 
if you want to check me out on Twitter, check out at Von Diesel for my minute to minute musings or check out at the echo cast. If you just want gaming stuff and echo cast podcast stuff, if you want some merch for the echo cast or for Bond diesel, um, you can check out streamlabs.com slash Bond diesel. I highly suggest the mugs. Um, I try to keep the prices really low on them um, because everyone likes a, a cool little unique mug. And uh, that's all I have. So until next time. I'm <laughs> sorry.